0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 254. Today is Thursday, 622, 2023. So got good news for you guys. We did you fill out the survey. I said this yesterday, but it's worth pointing out again, just in case somebody didn't watch it Uh, yesterday's episode. But we had you fill out the surveys. There was also the other option. And some of you, many of you chose the other option and give some great suggestions. But one that got repeated a couple of times was how to hear God more clearly. And I kind of smiled when I saw this guest's topic today because it's very obvious that God was looking out for you guys as he does, especially those of you who are wanting to learn how to hear God more clearly. And he expedited that whole process. And he was like, got you covered got you back so let this be a god wink to those of you who selected the other option and requested how to hear god more clearly as a topic you're god's awesome and here you go it's gonna be great if you guys are listening to this episode on spotify and you are not yet following the elijah fire podcast give us a follow that'll really help us out um, also, uh, we are going to play a quick update about our wells. Anytime you guys donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, you know, obviously the proceeds go towards keeping this free, afloat, all that good stuff. But we take a portion of every donation funnel into our amazing water well efforts that have expanded and expanded and expanded because of you guys' generosity. So we're going to play a quick update and then we're going to get moving.
0: Every child deserves hope an education. Good health. A future. In Uganda, those things are stolen from children. One of those thieves is dirty water. In Uganda, some people only have access to muddied, filthy water. It is killing them. But you can help save the future generations. Give a gift towards the drilling of clean water wells. Donate today at dot slash donate.
1: Uh, also, I wanted to say that today, this very day, June 22nd is Steve and Doreen's 45th winning anniversary. So everybody give Steve and Doreen, uh, all the praises, all the congrats, all the happy anniversaries you can light up the live chat light up the comments you can write them personally but i just wanted to say that on here happy anniversary Stephen doreen 45 years is quite the feat um yeah thanks for making it look so easy uh also um for those of you who know vicky she is kind of a mod in the chat uh giving uh nasty people the boot uh when they're being uh a little too negative um, but we lo- absolutely love Vicky and today is her birthday. So happy birthday, Vicky. We love you. I don't know that she's here today. Um, if she is, I will quickly remedy that, um, because I'll feel real bad. Uh, cause we want to make sure Vicky feels seen and heard. She's amazing. If any of you guys get the, the honor of getting to know Vicky, she's, she is like, she's one of the most amazing people. She makes me laugh so hard and she's just honest and real. Um, yeah, she's gone today. Thanks, Nish. Um, I thought I saw that. I just wanted to make sure just in case she's like, what? I'm here. Cause she'll let me, ha- she'll let me know. So, um, all right. So my guest today, um, a lot of you guys have seen her before. Um, we, we've had great times on the show. I believe she's been on two times before this, uh, but she's a minister author. She's a filmmaker. Um, uh, we've covered her film Celtic rhythms along with, um, several of her other films. There's a link in the description if you guys wanna go check those out for yourself. They're really worth watching, really great. Uh, She does a great job on those. Um, So anyways, we're gonna be talking about some really cool stuff today. So without any further ado, let's give it up for my guest today, Rebecca Friedlander. Rebecca, woo! Hello, hello. (laughs) Welcome back
2: uh always a pleasure and an honor to be here for sure thanks for
1: having me absolutely so the last time we had you on we were talking about your your most recent film celtic celtic rhythms which launched on st patrick's day um but since then you've kind of been on several adventures you've been doing some really cool stuff what have you been up to and that'll segue nicely into what we're going to talk about today
2: I will. So I have just gotten back from a six-week trip overseas to Israel and the British Isles where I took a small group leading. um, Some students just finished a prophetic school that I was teaching and took a handful of those guys to spend some time in Israel. And we did this prophetic prayer tour uh, trip and then went to Ireland. And I spent the rest of the time there uh, showing the film around the British Isles and doing some ministry and training teams and leading intensives and all that good good stuff so just got back last week
1: wow wow that's uh yeah are you still jet lagged or are you done is, is that done
2: well they don't have a lot of darkness right now over there because <laughs> the sun is up most of the time like it, oh. it, the sun stays up to like 11 30 and then oh wow 4 four thirty 30 in the morning so like sleep over there was a little minimal anyway so uh-huh. i feel like i just starting to actually sleep.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So did you do the school over in Ireland and then you took them to Israel or was the school somewhere else and then you went to Israel?
2: Yeah. So the school is a 10 week school. So um, people could take it online and then we had a two day optional retreat here at the cabin in Texas. And so that was online and that happened first. And we had several people, international people that jumped on. We had people from all over the States um, that participated. Yeah. A handful of those guys. We all went overseas together.
1: Awesome. Okay. So tell us about your experience in Israel. We were talking about it backstage because we were there around the same time that you were, but you know, we were just in different areas of the country, but tell us about that.
2: Yeah. So I was saying I mean, you guys probably had the school that was really organized. (laughs) And we were like that little group that was gonna go to the upper room and like stand in the corner and like pray for two hours. You know, so like (laughs) we wanted to have the little encounters and we're small enough so we could do that. So we used some of the tools that we've been practicing in the prophetic school about accessing the third heaven and getting to the throne room really quickly to hear from Holy Spirit. Mm. And we just all around the land of israel and it was crazy because the lord would start showing us where the angels were on assignment in the land and we would just go and start to pray and ask the holy spirit to release what they were carrying you know the holy angels like those are the ones we want right Mm -hmm. and so like for instance we had an opportunity in uh, capernaum in the old synagogue where jesus would have taught it was like right those ruins on the Sea of Galilee. And, and I have been to Israel a number of times before, and I knew it was a special place. So we went, but we didn't go as tourists. We really were pressing into the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So we're just going there. We just show up on location. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's an angel here there's a real big old angel standing right here. Let's go over there and pray guys, you know, kind of have your spiritual antenna up, you know, ask Holy Spirit what's going on there. And so we started to pray. And of course the presence of the Lord started coming and we were just soaking in his anointing. And all of a sudden there's this lady that comes up to us. She's like, Hey, I'm on this tour group from Brazil. And she said, I just got baptized yesterday. Just recently gave my heart to Jesus. Will you guys pray for me? Like, we didn't, we never met this lady. No contact with her. And so we're like, okay. So we just started laying hands on praying over her. And she Mm -hmm. starts immediately like weeping and shaking and speaking in tongues. So, like, she got full of Holy Spirit right there. Yeah. Because we were like creating a safe zone to connect with the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. So Mm -hmm. we didn't even go to minister, but we ended up ministering to people Mm -hmm. because God. Would open up opportunities. Wow! And just up. So like it, a it was, magnet. That's what he does, isn't he? Like mm-hmm. when he shows up, like people who are hungry just gravitate to him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So cool. Well, I think too. Like, I know people are hearing that and being like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know that you could hear you know, you could, you could discern angels and be like, oh, let's go pray over there where that angel is. Like, did you get the impression that like some of these angels have been on assignment in these specific areas for a long time? Is that kind of the impression you are getting or is it different? Period.
2: Yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, because we do know that, you know, from scripture, the first place to get a guardian angel was not a person. It was a place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was outside the garden of Eden, you know, when men, when Adam and Eve sinned and there was the curse, God sent a cherubim with a flaming sword to keep that place and protect it and keep it safe. And so I do believe there are places that have a deposit of something precious and the Lord will send angels to protect and guard it.
1: Hmm. So how have you always, I'm curious, have you always been able to, to discern like where angels are? Is that something that just kind of has come along your walk with the Lord?
2: Yeah, so that's a great question. And there's a couple different types of gifts in the scriptures. And one of them is called uh, specifically dealing with this uh, discerning of spirits, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's a gift that we receive when we get Holy Spirit. And some of you guys, I mean, message in the chat, if this is you, uh, you have the type of seer gift or one who sees it's a prophetic gift. you can Mm -hmm. literally turn on at any point and you can see angels at any time and i know people like this i'm not one of those people but they can describe exactly what the angels are wearing they tell like to a t what's going on in the spirit realm um but i'm not one of those people and so for me it was more like you know that sense where where you sense the holy spirit Mm -hmm. that's the same gift that enables you to sense the presence of angels
1: interesting
2: so you just have to ask the holy spirit for clarity because they are spirit beings they're not as big or as limitless as holy spirit but god does give us opportunity to sense them when it's something that ties in with our assignment and that we can partner mm-hmm. with
1: yeah i uh cuz i would consider myself a, a seer <clears throat> as well um but i'm still growing in it but there've been several times where i've been like dude i i think especially when I was first learning how to operate in it, I would be like, do I think that an angel just walked in? And then the speaker would be like, oh, an angel just walked in. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) like having those like moments of confirmation are very validating and it makes you wanna press in even more, especially when you start operating in whatever your gifting is. When you do get that confirmation uh, from other believers, that's why community is so important to people, uh, it, it motivates you to want to press in even more so you're like, Oh, it worked. That was awesome. God, what else, what else do you want to do? Like, let's get, like lay it on me. It's great. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's awakening that gift in community and with the company of prophets or with other prophetic voices that can bring confirmation. That's really what builds our confidence.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was there anything else that, that, um, any other stories that happened that are kind of noteworthy that really stand out for you in Israel?
2: Yeah. So we were in the upper room. And for those of you guys who've ever been on a tour in Israel, typically um, it's like 15 minutes in one place and you go and experience it, some of the smaller places and then you move on. And I have done that. I've been to Israel a number of times. And you know, it's like, you know, that these are very significant places and it's just beautiful. It's so worthwhile just to see those places. But I'd also kind of been there, done that. And I knew there was more in the spirit realm. And I was like, I'm going to go after that. So we went as a little team to the upper room. And we were just like, Okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? And we just started praying, and just we do something we practice here, we teach in the school called listening prayer, and we just engage with Holy Spirit. And we had tour groups come in and out and around us, and we just stayed focused and kept listening for Holy Spirit. And sure enough, the presence of God started coming. It was just like this 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 warm liquid oil, you know, that you feel in the spirit. And one of our ladies started like vibrating, wow. and she starts shaking she's like i feel like there's lightning in my eyes and god started delivering her and healing her of some really deep stuff and trauma right there in the upper room so i mean we were there for like two hours and and it was funny because people would come up to us and tap one of us on the shoulder and just be like is that the holy spirit and we were like yes it's the holy spirit so i think you can go to these places and you know if you know how to access the third heaven you can tap into what Holy Spirit is doing and go not as, as we say, not as a tourist, but as a priest. Because a priest is engaged with Holy Spirit in those places. And uh, and he loves to show up. He really
1: does. Yeah, well, I think these are like great stories to kind of whet people's appetite, especially those who are, they're wanting to hear God more clearly. They're wanting to go deeper with him. Um, And so I guess we can just jump into kind of like the first you have like your your notes are kind of broken up into like questions it says how do you discern the voice of god rather than your own or the enemies yeah so go for it rebecca
2: yeah so if if you resonate with that type in the chat I'd love to hear your feedback and comments as we unpack this because i think a lot of times when even when we talk about the prophetic realm it can be kind of intimidating because we think, oh, well, how do I know who God is actually speaking, right? Yeah. You know, I don't want it to be me. I don't want to be a false prophet. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want the enemy to somehow speak through me, right? Like that's kind of a, a big deal. But there's some really good strategic keys in scripture. And one of them, um, and I'll just reference it. And you guys can look it up later if you want to. But Daniel chapter 10 <clears throat> is when Daniel was fasting and praying. And um, actually, let me preface it with this. It's you're getting there. If you want to go ahead and flip to it, actually get your Bible or your app, Daniel chapter 10, because we'll read it in just a minute. Um, and, and what I love to talk about is sometimes there's, it's not just us hearing that can be a problem, but it's actually what we're hearing. And so in scripture, you talk about, there's actually three heavens. There's the first heaven when God created the heavens and the earth. It's the the heavens that we're most aware of, like with the birds and the clouds, you could see up in the stars and all those things. Mm -hmm. But then the second heaven is the place where there's a lot of spiritual warfare. It's where the principalities and the powers and the rulers of the darkness hang out. And that's a warfare zone. And then you have the third heaven, which is where Paul said that he went. And it was where he experienced the glory of God that was so big, he couldn't even talk about it. And that's the place where the throne of God is, like God reigns supreme. You know, it's like the place of where he is, that he's, you know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no, uh, you don't have to figure out if God is speaking in that place. It's a really cool place. There's no confusion in that place. And so often when we want to hear from God, sometimes we're hearing from the first heaven, if you will, which is our natural mind or things that are just going on or you know maybe we had bad pizza the night before so we're like our our (laughs) imagination is going off right so sometimes we hear from the second heaven and that is we pick up stuff of spiritual warfare and we sense the spiritual battle that's going on and what i encourage people to do is if you really want to hear from god you have to press through that place Hmm. and get a third heaven revelation so if we can show that picture um, yeah. now it's called it's called pressing through and it's kind of this visual yeah, um, this is a picture that. that i created and it's this idea of like pressing through the second heaven warfare and you have to discern okay just because i have a spiritual experience that doesn't mean that i have a prophetic word or that i'm hearing from god wow, there's really yeah. a lot of spiritual activity out there right like and we got to mm. press through that level of warfare and get to the third heaven. And um, yeah, that's important. And then what happens in the third heaven is that we actually really hear the voice of Jesus and that's what shifts things and changes things and things begin to manifest on earth. So let's look at this in scripture really quick. Mm. If you want to, you can pull that picture down and we'll just jump into Daniel 10. I, okay, this is like one of my favorite really quick ways to access the presence of god and like tap into the next level of your prophetic revelation so um hearing from god this is so beautiful daniel chapter 10 um verse 2 it says in those days i daniel was in mourning three full weeks so he's fasting and praying and he describes it i ate no pleasant bread no meat or wine came to my mouth. I didn't anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And then he begins to say, in the 24th day of the first month, I was by the side of the great river, which is hittical. I lift up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen. And he begins to describe this, angelic being that had come to him. Now, fast forward, if you go to verse 11. Okay, so here's the angel starting to speak. He says, oh, Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. Stand upright, for unto you am I now sent. And when he spoke in this word unto me, I stood trembling. And then here's where it gets interesting. Verse 12, and here's the angel speaking. He said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and chasten yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come for your words. But... The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And Michael, the chief princes, came to help me. He begins to describe this whole battle that was taking place in the second heaven that was keeping the answer to Daniel's prayer from arriving quickly. Mm. So Daniel was literally fasting and praying 21 days. And then as the, soon as he started praying, God sent the answer through an angel. But the angel got stuck in the second heaven warfare. And it took him a little while to get there with the answer. So poor Daniel, like he's there fasting for three more
0: weeks.
1: Toughing <laughs> <Yeah>. until- <laughs> <Tuffing> it out.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give.
2: Right? right?
0: But here's the thing
2: that we have that Daniel didn't have. We have the blood of Jesus and we have the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can ask the Lord, Lord, will you? can you cut through? any second heaven warfare and enable me to hear clearly from the third heaven where I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places Mm. and attach my spirit to the Holy spirit. So I can get a quick word and download from Holy spirit from the third heaven. So that's a lot. That's a lot of information, but in reality it really helps us to hear the voice of the Lord quickly when we recognize that there's a battle going on, you know, and sometimes what we're picking up is is pieces of the battle, you know, but we can press through that. And we have access to that third heaven place where we were seated with him and we can hear straight from him.
1: Mm. Do you feel like there's also maybe some some trepidation in pressing through? Cause it's like, as you're learning to press through, you're gonna, you're not gonna do it perfectly, right? As you're learning to hear God's voice (laughs) more accurately, there's going to be, you're going to get some, that's part of the learning process though. I've always seen is like, okay, oh, when I hear this, I know that that's this other thing. That's actually not God. But I think that there's a lot of people I've talked to that there is this trepidation where they're like, I don't want to be called a false prophet. I don't want to be. um And I, I do feel like that's a big element too, of people not pressing in because they're like, well, I, I want to do it right hundred percent perfectly. Um, can you speak to that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, I totally resonate with that. And I've been there myself and I, I think mm-hmm. it's called pride. You know, to be really honest, yeah. I mean, none <laughs> of the disciples following Jesus did anything perfectly.
1: Right, I yeah. mean, You
2: have to be willing to be wrong. I mm-hmm. think the 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 what you wanna look for is a safe place to practice your gifts. Mm. When you find that, then there's room for correction. There's room for learning how to steward your gift properly and knowing how to go to the next level. And it happens in love. You know, I, I love to say, you know, we, we love the book of First Corinthians thirteen, right? I mean, sorry, the chapter, First Corinthians thirteen, the love chapter. Love is patient, love is kind. It's what's used at weddings and relationships, but that's totally out of context. First Corinthians thirteen was given the con given in the context of messy prophetic ministry Hmm. first Corinthians 12 and 14 are back to back on either side of those chapters and it's all about okay so what is the what is the context that you process your prophetic revelation with
0: Hmm.
2: and it's love Hmm. so there's a lot of in scripture that help us to discern um, and I don't think we need to be afraid of it. I think it's a great adventure because it wow. it makes us. Uh, there's nothing like having those moments where it's like, wow, I really did hear from God, and I'm getting confirmation, and wow, Holy Spirit's showing up. Like this is just what Jesus does. He he, he loves <laughs> when we take him at his word and are not too afraid to fail. And and I think God is not afraid of our failures either. That's the thing. Like there's a difference between a false prophet who's prophesying from their own heart versus someone who's just learning their gift and is staying humble before God. And, you know, they're, they're just learning, but that's why it's important to kind of come into the wing of another prophet or prophetic tribe, because it can help you get to place of maturity a lot quicker.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I do love that about safe, safe place. I think there is a lot of misconception too about like, um, you know, even in, in regards to prophecy, there's a lot of misconception about what a false prophet actually is. Um, and the Bible details that quite a bit. We've talked about it several times on this show. But I think that there's there is a part of that, too, where a lot of the people that are that are in that place of they kind of don't have in under a lot of those people don't have a revelation of of grace as well. Um, but um I think that that can also be maybe people see that reaction to, oh, well, that someone else was called a false prophet because they messed up and they even have even apologize. Like, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm trying to, I I'm really trying to hear God and I'm really trying to, to walk out in this gifting. Um, but still can be met with intensity from certain people. And then other people get kind of scared by that. I think that also can, that also can, Take shape because I, I know for myself, even that was kind of the effect I saw how other people were, were treated when, when they didn't prophesy 100% accurately, um, even on a personal word. Um, and, and then it, it that can also increase the level of fear of like, oh like, I don't want to, I, I want, okay, I need to do this right, because I don't want to. Um, I know that that that's a very real thing for people too it's just like, you know, and so that's why I love that you're really emphasizing creating a safe community where that, you know, there's other people there to help you along um, is so, that's huge, that's a big one.
2: Yeah, cause you know, we've all seen a baby learn to walk, right? Mm-hmm. And if we beat up that little baby when it was first taken its first steps, it would be too intimidated to get up and crawl. I, th- I mm. think there's, the biggest thing for prophetic is, is having a good system of accountability in place. Mm. And like I, and that's part of what I talk about with you know my leaders and things like that. And um, is you know do you have ones that you have made yourself completely open and vulnerable with? And pe- several people, not a lot of people, but several that you trust. Um, because what usually happens when people start walking in false prophecy is that they've allowed some bitterness to come into their heart, and it's mm. tainting what's coming out of their mouth. Yeah. You know and there's things like that and so if you have an actual gift of prophecy part of it is just knowing how to process it right and getting that training and being intentional about that but then the other part is staying really honest before the lord and keeping your heart healthy Mm -hmm. and emotionally pure so you're not adding to what god is saying you're really processing it from a place because you know his heart and and that's really important too
1: yeah All right. Well, unless you, I wanted to move on to point two, unless there was more you wanted to say on point one.
2: No, that's great. All
1: right. So it says, how do past hurts help or hinder us from ministering to others?
2: Right. So if you want to bring up that picture, it's a picture I created with a friend of mine and no people were harmed in the creating of this picture. (laughs) (laughs) It's all digital. Um, Um, layers. But I I wanted to create a photo, because I call this one stabbed. Mm. And it's this idea that we could be stabbed in the back and put a lot of band-aids over that place, but never actually um, receive the healing that we need. So of course, forgiveness is what enables Holy Spirit to take the dagger out and to really bring healing to that place. Um, that we need, and 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 so I think our hurts can process the way that we uh, can can provide a filter that that can taint how we hear from God. So, for instance, um, I remember here at the cabin a couple of years ago, there was a woman who came, and she was just visiting. I had never met her in my entire life. And I started praying for her and I started immediately sensing in the spirit that there had been a lot of deep wounding in her life and that there was a heaviness around her. And I, I always challenged people. It's like, you know, just because you get a sensation, that doesn't mean you have a prophetic word, right? Like, like <laughs> it wouldn't have done any good for me to say, oh, there's just like a spirit of heaviness over you. It's like, Oh, that would make her feel really good.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) That doesn't come from Jesus. Uh Discernment. Yeah. And so, but this was kind of the idea of of what I was sensing over her was this picture. Mm -hmm. And what happened was that I just then turned it back to the Lord and said, Lord, you know, how do you want me to speak over this person? And um, if you want to set that picture down and um, we'll, we'll... bring up something else in a minute. but it's the whole idea of when you've been wounded, you can walk in compassion toward other people, right? because you you know you don't want anyone handling your heart um, from a place that is um, improper or harmful or hurtful, or I mean, I don't want somebody just saying, Oh, you have a spirit of heaviness over you. It's like, well, thanks. I yeah, really it's a real, worship, real, real bummer.
1: You know? It's like, thanks. I kind of right. already knew that. Most people already know that, you know. Right? right. Yeah. yeah.
2: But so what happens is that we turn around. and say, "Well, Lord, would you want to speak to this person?" Mm-hmm. And the Lord just spoke to me, and He said, "Worship. I want to increase the intimacy." And of her worship life. So I just begin to pray and declare that over her. It's like, oh, the Lord's just going to pour out over your worship times. Because what happens when we get in worship is we start receiving the healing of the Lord. And so I think our wounds can either cause us, but here's the thing. If I had been in a wounded place, which has happened many times, right? And if I don't take authority over that and really own that place and get some healing, well, what would have happened is that I could have begun to speak critically to her. So let's say this woman came in. She's got a spirit of heaviness over her. And instead of saying, Lord, what did you want to speak to minister to this woman? I'm just like, wow, you really need to get your life right with Jesus. Like, I'm sorry, but there's just some stuff hanging over you that is just not right. And you're out of order and you're out of whack. I mean, I could have spoken so many negative things if I allowed a critical spirit to come out of my mouth. And that's why it's so important that the wounds in our life, we need to really focused on our healing journey. And so that when God gives us the beautiful permission to speak into someone's life it's his healing that comes out of us and we can speak with compassion rather than (laughs) allowing this, you know, critical spirit to come out of us. And Mm so, yeah, God can use all of our wounds for his good, uh, you know, for our good and for his glory. If we embrace that healing process, it's a powerful Amen.
1: Yeah. No, that's so good. Because I was curious uh, just in regards to that, like, because it said, how do past hurts help or hinder us? And especially like those past hurts can help us if we've healed from them. Are you talking about walking in a measure of authority? As opposed, You know, something happens to me, I get delivered of whatever that is, then walking in authority and being able to help other people through that. That's kind of what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So like there's things in my past that I went through with my dad or with different Mm -hmm. things that, you know, God took me through a season of healing. And while it wasn't, you know, great at the time, it didn't feel so good. God was able to really flow through that place and um, heal a lot of other brokenhearted people. You know, I have such a sense of the father heart of God now and wrote a book about it. That's touching so many people, but that wouldn't have Mm -hmm. happened unless I knew what it was like to not have the perfect father you know, mm. and it really gave me a greater compassion and a greater, uh, kind of a void that the father just came in and filled. And I'm just yeah. so grateful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, like the great comfort I always have with whatever I'm walking through, and especially as I've matured in the Lord and I'm walking through things. Cause just because you walked through one hard thing, you know, you know, at one point in your life, there's, you're going to walk through other difficult things throughout this life. Mm -hmm. Um, but I take great comfort knowing that whatever I'm going through, so long as I press into the Lord and I keep his gaze, the in the center of my, or keep him in the center of my gaze that whatever this is, I'm going to be able to then turn around and use it to help other people walk through their stuff. Um, And that's just how God is. Like he works all things together for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus, right? Like that's, that's a promise we can stand on. And I've, I personally have lived that from what it sounds like you've lived that as well. Those difficult things we go through, especially those of you I'm walking, my wife and I are walking through some difficult stuff right now too, but we recognize that God will see us through this and we can actually then in turn, turn around and help other people through it. For his glory, like that's the amazing thing about all of this. Does not yeah. feel amazing when we're going through it? I'm gonna be honest, doesn't feel amazing when you're going through it. But we can take comfort knowing that this isn't gonna last forever, that we're going to be able to we're gonna walk through whatever this is, and that's why it's so important to press into him. And you know, it's like even if it's a sin issue or um someone sinned against you, someone someone did something really, really hurtful there can be a tendency to grab if we're not careful to grab it and hold on to that and be like, no, this is mine now. Um, yeah.
2: That's so true. Yeah. You know, going back to Israel, uh, there's a really interesting way that they would approach the presence of God. So three times a year, you know, all of the people were called up to Jerusalem, no matter where they lived in Israel, right? Especially all of the men, they would go up to worship. And they would sing psalms of ascent is what it's called. And it's these different psalms in, in the book of Psalms huh. that you can see where it says a psalm of ascent. That means that it was one of the songs they would sing in their pilgrimage as they were journeying up to worship God in Jerusalem. Huh. And we're, they can, you can find them. They're listed in your Bible. Not all of these psalms were happy psalms. Hmm. Some of them were psalms of lament and grief. And being really honest and real with God. And then what would happen is as they were approaching Jerusalem, they would come to this huge pool of water. And they've actually discovered it. I've been there. It's the pool of Eshaloa. Um, And they, it was a of a pool. It was bigger than, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, two Olympic-sized swimming pools. Wow. So it was huge. And it was spring-fed. And what they would do is they would do this purification. So what it was basically like a self-performed baptism. And they would go in and they would just immerse themselves and they would dunk it. It was this idea of I'm doing a prophetic literal act to wash and purify myself as I'm going to the presence of God. Hmm. So they were singing psalms of pouring out their heart to God. And they would do this ritual baptism. And then they would walk into, and it was actually the gate that led to the place of worship was an underground tunnel. It was the Hulda Gate, which in Hulda was the first female prophetess in scripture. And that's what they called it, the Hulda Gate. And it would go underground, and then you'd come up in the temple, and you'd be there to worship. So there was this whole idea of, I'm going to be honest with God, and then I'm going to ask him to wash my heart clean as I approach to worship him. Now, moving forward, uh, again, talking again about just being real and honest and then letting God just make whole and heal your heart. The priests in, in the outer court, they would be doing all the sacrifices and there's a lot of worship and music and praise out there. But then when it came time for the priests to go into the inner court and minister to God into the holy place, they also had to wash. And they would wash their hands and feet and change their clothes and walk up these stairs. It was this idea of coming up a new level. And then they would go into the place of the deep presence of God where only the priests were allowed. And so I created a picture, if you want to put the next one up. And this idea of this washing um, that we go through. I call this one for those of you who are um, uh, familiar with the tabernacle or temple model and the labor and all that. That's what I call this is the labor, but it's literally like the windows of heaven opening and God pouring out his Holy spirit to wash and to cleanse and to prepare us for our next, um, our next place of elevation into the presence of God. You know, sometimes we need those times of like, cleansing. We need those times where Holy Spirit calls us away and he's like, okay, we're gonna deal with some of those heart issues now. Like we're gonna like take you up a new level and you're gonna be totally, you know, coming to the next place of the presence of God, but we're gonna wash you clean first mm. and deal with some of those healing areas because he's taking us forward. And um so that's why I I I love to talk about what Holy Spirit does as part of this process. It's not just that Oh, I need to forgive more, and I need to love yeah. more, and it's like, no, no, no. Like sometimes, like he gets deeper than we can even go on our oh, own. Oh, you know?
1: yes, yeah, yeah. I and and that that's it too. Is like you're not. It's not just okay. I forgive, but like it's a very integrated process with the Lord. And I think this image very much expresses v- that really well. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because we need that, you know, it's like the bride needs to be washed. They called it mikvah, like before baptism was even a thing, you know, for Christians, like the Jewish people were doing mikvah and they would go to a place of running water and immerse themselves as this ritual purifying. And even John the Baptist, when we see him at the Jordan River, he was doing mikvah. Everybody knew exactly what he was doing when he was baptizing, because it was a Jewish custom. And it was this idea of preparation, like people would do mikvah before their wedding day or before um, a bar mitzvah or before a feast day. It was like you were preparing for the next step in your journey. So even baptism, it's it's a Jewish custom. And it's this idea, I'm, I'm embracing the purifying huh. that wow. comes from God for the next step of my journey.
1: So that's why Jesus, when he healed the blind man, he goes, "Go and go and wash yourself in the the pool of, mm-hmm. yeah." I think it was the pool of Siloam. Which is that Shiloh? Is that the same? The, so, the,
2: yeah. So the pool of Siloam enters uh, empties into the pool of Shiloh. Like if you go to the pool of Siloam, um, it literally it's like I mean sixty seconds to walk or less to the pool of Shiloh. Oh it's, yeah.
1: Really yeah, well, right. I think we saw it when we went because we went through like the Hezekiah's tunnel. Yeah. yeah. Came, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 That totally makes sense, though.
0: Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com dot com slash give and become a partner today.
1: Like explaining that custom, because I knew like the whole mikvah thing, but I didn't. I don't. I didn't quite know the extent of it and it totally makes sense i mean jesus was a jew you know and and so him healing the blind man and then going okay now go go cleanse yourself um totally makes sense yeah
2: yeah and see we have i mean this is kind of going off into another little Place, but you have it just like a little bit, and you can pull on it if it works for where we're going today. But um one of the things that the Lord told me a couple of years ago is, He said, "I want you to learn. I want you to priest my presence." And I think for us, the idea of priest is sort of a lost concept. Like we like, oh, I understand. Like the Lord is my shepherd, and I'm a sheep. Like I have a mental picture of that, you know. Or God is my father, and I'm His mm-hmm. child. Like that's a metaphor that really works with our culture, but. The idea of a priest is kind of lost like it's it's the idea of like a high church setting with this guy way or lady way up in the front who's sort of distinct and maybe has immaculate a of-
1: robes exactly yeah.
2: like that's our only reference point uh-huh. but in scripture the priests and the prophets work together
1: hmm.
2: and they were the only ones who had access to the anointing oil hmm. And so when literally when we look in Revelation, the 24 elders around the throne, that's the priesthood. The 24 courses of priests that are mentioned by David that he set up in the Old Testament. So there's all these things that we can explore <clears throat> excuse me, with this idea of the priesthood like mikvah is totally what God does with us. You know, it's totally this idea of baptism. It was something for the priests. Um, And it's, it's a powerful piece of our, of our spiritual journey, but we don't really have a context for it. So it takes a little bit more digging.
1: Mm. Well, and on this, this subject, what, what are some recommendations that you have for people who maybe want to prepare themselves for hearing God more clearly? Obviously like, you know, someone could get baptized, but you don't have to get baptized every single day in order to like hear God more clearly. So what are some things you would recommend if people are like, okay, yeah, I really want to position myself into this place of of expectation. But I, yeah, so are there some things that people can do? What would you recommend?
2: Yeah, so the first thing that I recommend people do is take a spiritual cleanse.
1: Okay. And it's
2: basically like going through basic deliverance, but sometimes you get things out of it differently if you do it more than once. So for instance, we're, we have all of us are born with a lot of second heaven warfare around us. Mm -hmm. We have generational curses that are passed down through the lines of inheritance. We don't even have to do anything (laughs) bad or sin or whatever. And we still have stuff attached to us because of the curse. So I'd really recommend that people do a basic spiritual cleanse. And we do that in my prophetic school. It's part of learning how to hear the voice of God. And a lot of the warfare goes away really fast Um, And really quickly after you've done Mm. a spiritual cleanse or some basic deliverance. And we're not talking about people yelling at demons and trying to get stuff to manifest. That's not how we do it. And that's not really what I'm referring to. Although some people have a huge ministry for that. It's so powerful. But you can do it peacefully and quietly. There's about five or six doors that the enemy likes to try to enter in our lives. So doing a spiritual cleanse is basically speaking to the spiritual atmosphere, closing Mm. those doors and yeah, telling the enemy he has no right to be there. So so that's one of the first things that I recommend that people do. I have a, a new book coming out called Taking the Gate, and it really itemizes some of those things. We also, also teach it in our prophetic school as well. Kind of really help walk people through it um, mm-hmm. because we've just found that yeah. it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, people start hearing from the Holy Spirit quick when you get yeah. your spirit man mm-hmm. cleaned up a little bit.
1: We all would you it. recommend people do this with other people not by themselves would you recommend that having other people praying for you walking you through this stuff
2: um yeah if you can i mean there's ways like i have a book that people can get and you can walk it through yourself at home if you'd rather do the personal journey but what we've we also encourage you i mean i encourage people to do it with a group of people who are also listening to holy spirit because sometimes they will target things that you may not be aware of or oh, yeah. you know, highlight something and it's also the idea of like one can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand right you know so mm-hmm. there's strength in numbers there's power and agreement so if you do have somebody that you can you know uh, walk with through it or something we offer through our ministry as well um just to have a couple prophetic intercessors or people come alongside you but you can do it on your own too mm-hmm. uh, it's just a matter of it's it's pretty straightforward
1: Awesome. And so is this a cleanse kind of like a sozo? People have used that word, too. Is it kind of like that or is it the same thing? How would you define it?
2: Right. So um, just to simplify, uh, and this has a bit more teaching to it, but uh, it teaches your three parts, your body, soul and spirit. Mm -hmm. And so um, your soul is your mind, will and emotions. And that's where inner healing comes in. Mm -hmm. So a sozo Mm -hmm. will probably address a lot of the inner healing places and invite people to you know to to receive healing in those in those areas like broken heart areas, and but what we really target is the spirit, and the okay. spirit is where there's specific sins that will open the door to the enemy, and so we walk people through identifying what those are, praying a simple prayer of confession and repentance, and then closing those doors and command every demon to leave, and so what we do is a little it's not sozo, um, it's it's more dealing with the spirit realm. And, um, sometimes God does inner healing along the way, but our focus is to make sure we get those doors closed.
1: Mm. And I actually had something like that, uh, happened to me. Like you're, what you're talking about, a cleanse. Um, it was a couple of years back, but uh, the, we used to do Elijah conferences. Um, and there was a woman that would always be at these. It's like her, part of her ministry. She's like a physical therapist slash masseuse, but also, very prophetic, and has the discernment to know when to address certain things physically and when to address them spiritually. And okay. so I saw her um at one of these conferences. I was like, her name was Terry. I was like, Terry, I was like, you need to um I, I was like, can you can I can I meet with you? Like I've got like an issue with it, it was like in, some issues with my shoulders or something. And I was like, I need, I need you to work on it. She goes, yeah, okay, come on. You know, sure. Here's, I have this time open. And so I met with her and you know, we sat in there in her like little space, like super cozy and she just looks at me and then immediately just starts. I mean, she knew right away that it was a spiritual issue. It wasn't a, or a soul issue. It wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a physical issue. And as she started doing these, addressing these things like that, it's like, just started like crying super bad and then like felt things like falling off and it was amazing. But, um, it really is, man, when you can be around someone like that, it's like a huge gift. Um, but yeah, especially like I, I very much condone being around other people and and having those people, God will bring those people that you can be vulnerable with like that. Um, and you, even if you don't know them, like, Oh, I've known this person for several years, um, you'll know those people that you can really be vulnerable with. Um, yeah, but like being with people in community and having other people praying for you and walking you through stuff like that is great. Um, because you know, I mean, Rebecca, I do feel like there is sometimes, um, we can get too in our head about certain things and someone else can look at it they don't have all the emotions of whatever you're going through. And if you're trying to walk through something, you have all the emotions of dealing with this person or that person um, that may be still in your life. Um, They're completely removed from all those things and they can look at it. And sometimes it feels like they can expedite that, that healing process. It can happen over one as the case was, was with me one session, you know? So yeah
2: yeah absolutely and 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 discerning like jesus said his word divides between our soul and spirit
0: mm-hmm.
2: they're two very different things aren't they yeah so our soul is our emotion it's our heart it's mm-hmm. the place that's still being transformed right mm-hmm. um we're still on the potter's wheel you know yield yeah. <laughs> to the lord and that yeah. place can get hurt in our yeah. life but scripture also talks about our spirit man and our spirit man is the one that puts on the full armor of god mm. and Spirit man is the one that's seated with Christ and has access to heavenly places. Mm -hmm. Our spirit man, Mm -hmm. um, a wounded spirit who can bear, you know, so I think there's a time where we have to address the spirit even differently than the soul Mm -hmm. and learning how to receive that word that divides between soul and spirit is powerful. Yeah. So doing a spiritual cleanse is really more for the health of your spirit man. I remember there was this one lady and I was trying to talk her into doing a spiritual cleanse like uh, years ago, like a long time ago. Yeah. I was like and it was right in the beginning when I started doing this with walking this uh, people through this and, um, and she wouldn't want anything to do it. She came from a very traditional church background and she finally ended up in the hospital and the doctors couldn't t- figure out what was going on with her. And wow. finally she's like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do a <laughs> And so we did. And, um, she she shared that during as a teenager she had been raped and wow. ever since then she was um there was like a a dark heaviness in the spirit that would follow her and she would struggle with trying to overcome And so we did this simple cleanse and it was identifying it. We had certain prayers that we pray. We commanded the enemy to leave in Jesus name. And she all of a sudden got this startled look on her face and she said, it's gone. It is completely gone. And what had happened, we didn't deal with any inner healing. We just addressed the spirit realm. And we targeted what had come in, covered it with the blood of Jesus, closed that door, and commanded it to leave. And she was instantly set free. My I've goodness. seen that happen more times than I can count. Because when you know how to speak to the spirit realm and target what's there, it has to go hmm. because in Jesus' name. Wow, He's the mighty one.
1: That's amazing.
2: So, so there are there are ways that you can really target, and it's not that hard. You know, it's you could do it in like three hours or so and get it done. You know. Yeah. So that's, that's my biggest encouragement. Because once, awesome. once, once you kind of have that piece of it, usually you can hear from the Holy Spirit a lot clearer. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man.
1: So you mentioned a book that you're, is going to be released. Do you have an ET on that? Because I know people would be curious. They're like, oh, yeah. you mentioned a book.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll, I'll send you guys a coffee when I have it. So, awesome. uh, but early August, early to mid August is our our. Uh, projected date. and um, But the school's also available. People can sign up for that because we've got one starting in August. And that is powerful. And um, those who sign up will automatically have access to the book too.
1: Mm, awesome. All right. Well, let's talk about destiny scrolls. What are destiny scrolls?
2: Right. So there's a couple of scriptures. Again, this is talking about the spirit realm. You're seated with, if you have been born again and you know Christ Jesus, you're seated with him in heavenly places. You have access to the things in the third heaven. And so one of the things that it's talked about in the scriptures is that God is writing books about certain people. In fact, let's just, let me grab my Bible. Let's just go turn to it. If you have your Bible or an app, we can look at it together. This is Malachi Last book in the Old Testament, and is chapter 3, verse 16. It says, Then they that feared the Lord, and this is a prophet speaking, spoke often to one another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him, for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. And then there's a reward. He says, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my jewels. So there's this idea that for those who are um, talking about the Lord and pleasing him, the Lord is writing a book about you right now in heaven. There's a heavenly book being written um, because you're following him. And that's so beautiful. So that's one of the things that we see is being written in heaven. But there's another passage in Psalm 139.
1: I was just going to say, I was I was thinking of that one too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It says, verse 16, You, uh, your eyes saw my substance yet being unperfect. And in your book, all my members were written, uh, which were fashioned, even when there was none of them. So this idea that God wrote about you even before you were conceived in your mother's womb, that you had been written and recorded in heaven, which is crazy to think about. So it's this idea that there's books being written about us and there's books that have been written about us. And so the destiny scrolls, it's like, well, God, I want to see what's written about me. What have you written before I was even born? and and how have you purposed and programmed me you know like wired me specifically to live out your purposes here on earth and so uh that's that's what i uh that's what i refer to when talking about the destiny scrolls
1: hmm. yeah so um i i mean how do we access these and how h- have you actually been able to see any of anything written written about you have you i'm curious
2: Yeah. So I think it goes back to the prophetic again, Mm -hmm. because we're not necessarily when we speak life over people, it's because God gives us a little bit of his heart for them. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: He gives us a little bit of what's written on their scroll. And that's why the prophetic is so important and why we should take it seriously and um, learn how to skillfully hear the voice of God and release it over, the, over other people with his heart, because you can actually be one of the ones that helps speak someone's destiny into being. Mm. I, I love that, you know, again, back to the prophets and the, um, the priests of the old Testament, they were the ones that were part of the coronation process to activate the Kings, you know, uh, King Saul became a new man, you know, stepped into his anointing when he ran into a company of prophets who were worshiping and coming down from a high place and he prophesied with them. Holy spirit came on him. He was turned into another man. It was because there was this group of people together who were practicing hearing the voice of God. And because of that, Saul could step into that group and access what God had ordained for him to do. And so I think the prophetic and developing that piece of it is is part of how we access those things Um, And release them, not just for ourselves, but release them for other people.
1: So in regards to accessing your scrolls, do you feel like there is just, hey, focus more on seeking the throne, focus more on seeking him? Do you feel like accessing the scrolls is something that comes along as just as you do that? Um, Rather than being like, no, I just I'm obsessed with this destiny scroll thing. I need to know. Uh, would you? What would you recommend as like a step one for someone if like they're really starting to like? Hey, don't get so focused on these other things. Focus on this one specific thing. What would you say?
2: Yeah, I would. I would say first of all, you know, don't try to unlock it for yourself. Mm. Work on serving other people. Mm. You know, it's it's the Lord who's writing these scrolls, and He's the one who's speaking. So it's really if we want to release His heart. We got to know his voice Mm -hmm. and that goes back to everything that we've been talking about today you Mm -hmm. know because god will entrust you that's what he does with prophets he he gives them a little piece of his voice to release and it activates things and it sets people up and and puts people in the place that they're called to be i mean i had tons of people prophets who spoken over me and it's like whoa okay that was the word of the lord that was a piece of my calling you know and so i think if we focus on wow how can i be intentional about hearing God's voice for other people and giving that away, then it is all going to come back around. Come from God people. So
1: good. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I've shared some cool experiences I've had encounters with the Lord um, yeah, that were pretty life-changing and people have written me and they're like, Hey, how can I have experiences like you? And I'm like, seek God. Like that's, I'm not, I'm not going with any kind of expectation other than, God, I just want to meet with you. Like, that's what I want. You are what I want. Um, It's not, oh, I want a prophetic word for this person, or I want uh, this, or I want that. It's seeking him for the sake of seeking him. And then all these experiences have come. I can't control when they happen. Like they just do. And, um, And there are people that have had way more experiences than I have, but it's the same answer. It's seek his face, seek his face, seek his face intimacy 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 you know and um yeah great advice rebecca great advice yeah. okay yeah. so let's talk about prophetic class one okay. and two what is this
2: yeah so there's my impression of the new scrolls right there mm. <laughs> um in that picture so yes so i i um have this passion to help people hear the voice of God clearly, to train them up and to do it within small group prophetic um, atmosphere, to provide that safe place and a culture of people who are all going after the same thing. And I have a ton of tools and really break it down. And we talk about priesting his presence and all those different things. So I have a 10 week school that's coming up in August and you go to my website and learn more. Um, and then there's a four week school after that. Um, and we've just seen like so many people get tangibly touched by the presence of God. Like if you want to go to the next level, whatever level you're at right now, whether you're just starting or you've been doing this for a while, like this is, a really good ladder to reach the next level. And we do weekly zoom calls. So you'll be in a breakout session um, with other people and get to practice your gifts um, in a safe atmosphere and get coaching and get encouragement so you can build your confidence. Um, So those two classes are coming up and you can find them on my website.
1: Awesome. So with the, um, the 10 week class and the, the four week class, um, especially for those that are like, I don't know if I have 10 weeks, but I have four weeks. I think I could commit four weeks. Is it, do you have to do them in consecutive order or could you do the four week class and not having done the 10 week class or do you have to do them in order?
2: Yeah, you have to do them in order. The, the first go, one, yeah, yeah. But it's not like, there's not like a ton of book work or things like that. You mm-hmm. get a weekly teaching video that I awesome. teach and you get some notes. You can do it all in your own time. And then there's an evening Zoom session that you can tune into, and that's where the group stuff happens, and the Holy Spirit shows up.
1: And and do people um, g- g- have people signed up together, and like shared a screen, like like oh, hey, hey, we pay for this, and they come, you know, they come over every you know once a week, and we do this, and then we sit in the Zoom. Do people do that, or do they individually? Is which way would you recommend it?
2: Um, yeah, as many people can sign up as they want to. I've had people sign up with their friend. And they get they want to do it together, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's a super fun way to do yeah. it. You usually meet new friends as you're doing the class because there's other like minded people who are jumping on board. Um and, and we also like we pray over every person. Like we spend like weeks (laughs) in prayer before we do this class. Like my team and I, we lay everybody before the Lord. We ask the Lord for Mm. revelation for people. So there's a lot of intentionality. Like you're not just signing up for a class to just kind of check in and check out. Like you're signing up for an experience.
1: Mm. Sweet. How's that for a pitch? Everybody, people are excited. Um, (laughs) All right uh so obviously people can sign up for that at rebeccafriedlander.com your website's so fun it's so like there's so much to it uh you have one of the best websites i love it so well done well done rebecca (laughs) um okay so uh i would love for you to pray for people we talked a lot about about a lot of really great stuff i know you you stoked the fire of hunger for people to pursue the lord in deeper more exciting ways so i'd love for you to pray
2: yeah, i love to. Oh, Holy Spirit, we ask you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation mm-hmm. and the knowledge of Jesus. God, I pray for those who are hungry that you begin to stir in them a passion to go after the third heaven realm and that you begin to open it up. God, we know that you can speak in revelation and signs and wonders that make us go, wow. And God, for those who are hungry and ready to invest in deeply knowing you, God, I just pray you breathe on them. And for those who are not quite there yet, Lord, well, they're on, they're watching now. So God, stir up the hunger, Father God, put salt Mm. in our hearts to make us thirsty because lord you are ready to pour out and it is a season Mm -hmm. where you are raising up those who hunger for more encounters because you're ready to deposit your kingdom and to bring us up higher so we say yes father god i pray you just continue to pour out on us in jesus mighty name
1: yeah amen Amen. um all right so you obviously people can go to rebeccafriedlander.com links in the description to places people can follow you on social media tell people about your cabin,
2: yes.
1: How about that?
2: Yeah. So it's been so so fun. I just have to say because, like, after you guys, um, we start talking about it on your show. Like, we had several people from Elijah Fire, who came out to the cabin. We've just got this really awesome, cool, artsy cabin in the woods, it's a prayer cabin. And it's really like, um, you just walk in and you're like, whoa, it's it's, it's a really special place. It's all wood inside, there's like furniture. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's amazing place to hang out with Holy Spirit and so if anybody wants to do like a private retreat and we we do offer prayer as well so if you want to come for a sunday night or you want to come and book a time of prayer um you can come to our little community that meets out here in in northeast texas um and sometimes people just come but they they don't even want prayer they just want to get away with the lord and just be with him and so uh, you can find that on the website too
1: yeah super cool and also we made it easy Uh, In the description, under the stuff we talked about section, you can see it right there. You can learn more about her cabin. You can click that. You can reserve, make a reservation, all that good stuff. We made it really easy for you guys because I know some of you guys are like, oh, man, I need to get away. I need to get away. And that sounds like the perfect place. So um, you know, anyway, we can help you out, Rebecca. So um, yeah, everybody, click that link in the description under stuff we talked about. Book a spot at the cabin come on meet with the lord all that good stuff uh rebecca thank you so much this was awesome
2: oh uh, it's always fun you yeah. guys have such a great tribe here what a what yeah. a gift to be here thanks for having yeah. me yeah
1: absolutely absolutely um so everybody um i was almost gonna say i almost thought it was friday for a second it's not it's, it's not rebecca um tomorrow's friday and we've got Audrey Frable back, who's fantastic. Um, She's a fellow Oregonian um, and she's got a lot, a big heart for this state. Um, There's a lot of shade thrown at this state, but there's a lot of amazing people that live here, godly people. Um, The Elijah List is based here, you guys. Uh, So God's doing a lot in this state. So really excited about tomorrow. It's gonna be a great episode. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also ElijahFire.com slash donate is how you guys donate. All proceeds, you get the double whammy. Like I always say, you support Elijah Fire and you also get on the water well efforts, which is amazing. And and God's doing a lot through you guys. So um, God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Audrey Frable. Okay, bye.
0: This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening.